everyone. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I hope today's conversation inspires you and builds your faith for the moment you are in right now. Know that God's love for you truly changes everything. Enjoy the message. All right. Good morning. And uh, everybody who's with us online, we're so glad that you've joined us as well. And let me start uh, with the question. Bonjour tout le monde. Uh, voici la question. Est-ce que vous êtes prêts? Here's the question. Are you ready to study God's word today? Come on, let's get into his Bible today. As uh, we, over the last few weeks, have been studying the book of Jude, this amazing tiny little book that comes right before Revelation. At the end of your Bible, we learn that it was written, it's believed by the half-brother of Jesus named Jude. Well, today we're going to, to read from another brother, the brother of Jesus and Jude named James. And so if you want to go ahead and get a Bible and turn to James chapter three, or you can look it up online. And uh, James was really significant because he became the leader of the first church in Jerusalem in the first century, the main church uh, from which all of this started to, to spread around the world. And, and, uh, and so James wrote this amazing little letter uh, to the church. And it's only about, I think it's like five chapters or so. And I want to encourage you to read the whole thing this week, if you would. It's not going to take very long, but it's important because it is one of the most powerful and I hear the mic's messing up again. I don't know if we need to switch like we did last week. We've been having all kinds of technical glitches around here. And, uh, and so everybody thanks Shane again. Come to the rescue. All right, I'm gonna have to do this MC style today. You ready? Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry, Tracy. <laughs> She's married to this. What were we talking about? James, the book of James. And, uh, and James is one of the most powerful and, uh, and it just practical books in all of the Bible. And one of the main things that James talks about is how to win in a toxic world. And, and James tells us kind of a riddle. And I wonder if you can solve this puzzle. What muscle in your body what muscle in your body has probably the most potential to help other people to be a blessing, has the most potential also to get you into probably the most trouble, and also probably gets more exercise than any other muscle in your body? What do you think it is? It's your tongue, exactly. If you go to the doctor, and you say, doctor, I'm not feeling very well. Many times, what's the first thing the doctor says? They say, open up your mouth and go, ah, show me your tongue. Why? Because your tongue tends to reveal a lot of what is going on inside of you, both physically and spiritually. In James chapter 1, 
He says in verse 26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Did you know that the average person has about 30 conversations per day, speaking as many as 7,000 words per day? In one year, our conversations could fill 66 books containing about 800 pages per book. That is almost 60,000 pages of text that you have spoken or written in the last year alone. And can I just admit some of those words that I have spoken have not always been good or helpful. There have been times that I've said things that I wished I had not, that we regret. My wife is one of the classiest, most graceful, dignified people I know. She is very careful with her words and she tries to teach me to do the same thing. But sometimes we all make mistakes, right? And I got her one time really good. We were at a baseball game one time and Tracy was getting into it. And uh, the batter was up from our team and hit a beautiful line drive right out into center field. And uh, it was beautiful. And Tracy enthusiastically began to, to shout, good shot. But then she realized in baseball, it's not a shot, it's a hit. Some of you are getting so, so instead of good shot and instead of good hit, what came out was a combination of the two. And my beautiful wife hollered for everybody to hear, good she isn't it exciting when the pastor's wife is cussing in the stands. Now, how many of you have spoken words that you just wish that you could take back? We're, go we're going to, to go down through James 3, pretty much verse by verse, starting in verse 1. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man able to keep his whole body in check. Now, uh, let's stop here for just a minute and we're gonna keep reading uh, in just a minute. But to understand this in verse one, first of all, we need to remember that Jews held teachers in high esteem. In fact, uh, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for teacher is rabbi. And rabbi literally means, oh, great one. Oh, great one. So students, tomorrow you can go to school and say to your teacher, oh, great one. And when you get in trouble and they send you to the principal's office for being sarcastic, you just tell them, my pastor told me that is the way they said it in Bible times. They called their teachers Oh, great one. In fact, guess what? 
in our children's ministry. Our children's ministry is booming uh, right now. And I, I think after a year and a half, people are ready to get their kids out of the house and come to church. And, and so last week, we were so full beyond capacity that we actually had to turn families away last week. Now, you say, well, Joel, we don't want to turn families away. How can we help? Guess what? If you will help volunteer in children's ministry, we will call you Rabbi Oh Great One. How do you like the sound of that? Oh Great One. And so in, in Hebrew culture, they respected teachers even more than we can imagine. Your obligation to your rabbi was almost greater than your obligation to your family. It was said in some cases that if an enemy captures your parents and captures your rabbi, that it was your duty to rescue your rabbi before your teachers or before your parents. And so, so 2,000 years ago, when Jesus goes back to heaven and the church begins to grow and, and, and people uh, from that Jewish background are becoming Christians and coming into the church and, and they, they have that, that, that cultural background of venerating and respecting their, their, their teachers. And, and so they would come in and hold their pastors and leaders in high esteem. And so people would come into the church and they said, well, I want to be highly respected. I want to be a big shot teacher. And so, 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 so many times their gatherings would turn into a free-for-all with, with people interrupting and, and people in the midst of the dialogue trying to dominate the conversation. And, and it becomes a matter of whoever speaks the loudest wins. That kind of sounds like our culture today, doesn't it? Whoever speaks the loudest, whoever can shout the angriest on social media wins. But the reason that James says, oh, no, 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 be careful when it comes to setting yourself up as an authority, he says, because increased responsibility means increased accountability. Teachers have incredible power. I know for me, uh, that when, when I was in high school, the encouragement of teachers is, is greatly what inspired me to go on to university. And you know that power can be good or bad. I remember I had a friend who was telling me about a teacher that, that he had in high school. And he said that this teacher would, would around the students, would, would talk, you know, use bad language and would tell dirty jokes to the students. And he said, he said, me and my buddies, we just thought that he was the coolest. Like this is the coolest guy ever. And he said, now as an adult, I look back and realize that that teacher was not cool. What he was, was an immature jerk, right? Because we need to be careful at the role models that we look up to, to make sure that they're actually worth looking up to. And so as we continue in James chapter three, here's what he says next. He says, the words we speak or write online greatly impact the trajectory of our lives. The words we speak or write online greatly impact the trajectory of our lives. In, in verse three, he continues. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses, we can make them obey us and we can turn the whole animal. How many 
many of you have ever ridden a horse before? Let me see. Everybody online, let us know if you, if you, if you were an equestrian expert. Now, one thing that many of you do not know is that uh, when I was growing up, I spent a lot of time around horses. I was actually a stable boy for a number of years, worked around horses, cleaned the stables, uh, feed them, saddle them up, all that stuff. And uh, I've been bitten by horses. I've been kicked by horses. I may not have kicked them back, but they're kind of bigger than you. How, how, how much bigger is a horse than you? This is the famous horse man of war, this picture, the famous racehorse. And you look at a little tiny jockey. They find the littlest guy they can find and put them on the biggest horse they can find. And how in the world does that little 90-pound jockey control a horse that weighs over 1,000 pounds? Well, you see, you put a bridle on the horse's head. And that bridle has a bit that goes in the mouth. And that bit is, a, is a, a piece of metal that is placed strategically over the tongue. And with its placement over the tongue, the rider can steer and pull the head and steer the horse to go to the right or to the left. And James says the power of the tongue has the potential to steer the direction of your life. You want to know what direction your life is headed? James says, just look at the words that are coming out of your mouth. Are you speaking positive words of life? Then your, your, your life will head in a positive direction. Are you speaking negative words of, of condemnation? Then, then you will go in the direction of your words. Uh, this weekend... My wife and I were out of town for just a, a little bit, and, uh, and she came, uh, we were at a, at a hotel, and, and she came out, and she found me texting, and she said, are you working, Joel? And uh, I said, well, yes and no, kind of. I said, I'm confessing. Uh, and, and she said, what do you mean you're confessing? And I said, uh, I am confessing to Dr. Laurel Buckingham. And she said, what, are, what did you do? <laughs> and I said, because yesterday he came in and he asked, well, how's the greatest preacher in Atlantic Canada? That's not the greatest impersonation, but I do my best. And I said in response, well, I guess it depends what day you ask and who I talked to last. And God convicted me over it later in the day. And so the next morning I got up and she found me with my phone sending him a text to confess that what I was speaking was not words of faith and biblical conviction but words that somehow seem to communicate that our feelings should be determined by what other people think of us. And I realized that if I speak those words saying, well, how I'm doing in life depends on what other people think of me, 
and what kind of day I've had, to speak that makes it become a reality in my life. And the fact is, I don't want to be that kind of person. I don't want to be the kind of person whose feelings and thoughts and direction is determined by what other people think of me and then speak that with my mouth. Words of blessing or words of cursing. I'm about to curse at this microphone if we're not careful. (laughs) I don't know if we have any more. Uh, Let's try mic number two, three, four, and five here in a minute. I don't know what's going on today. Uh, But uh, so as we can, by the way, none of that was in my notes, that whole little side note. That was just me confessing to you now. Now that I've confessed it again and again, uh, then hopefully it'll continue to head my life in the right direction. Amen? Okay, let's continue. Verse, verse four. Then he continues, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Verse five and six, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life, and is itself set on fire by hell. James is speaking some strong words here. Now, I wonder if any of you are campers. Do you like to camp? And some of you right now who are with us online, I know you're camping. And so you've got the volume turned up so the people at the campsites around you, you can hear because you're teaching your children the value that even when you're out of town, even when you're entertaining for the weekend and and having fun for the weekend, that you're prioritizing the worship of God first. And so we're excited that you're with us online, wherever you are today as well. But, But whenever you're camping, you know that just a little spark, just a single match can destroy an entire forest. And just a single word from your mouth or written online can destroy a person's life. Verse seven, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. I wonder if this is kind of like when the Bible talks about money, right? Jesus said that it's not that money is evil, but that the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And so so in the same way, it's true with our tongue. So much of the evil in this world comes from our words. There's the story of a young fellow I want to read to you, a young fellow who liked to talk and share his opinions. And he went around town talking bad about the town's wise old man. One day, he went to the wise man's home and asked for forgiveness. The wise man said, I'll forgive you on one Take this stack of feathers And I want you to go to the house of everyone to whom you have said something bad about me and place a feather on their doorstep. 
Oh, we're going to use a wired mic, I think. Excellent. The wise man said, I will forgive you on one condition. Take this stack of feathers. And I want you to go to the house of everyone. There we go. Hey, one more time. We're in business now. Okay. Let's start this story again. Let me read it to you. A young fellow who liked to talk and share his opinions, and he went about talking bad about the town's wise old man. One day he went to the wise man's house and asked for forgiveness. The wise man said, I'll forgive you on one condition. Take this stack of feathers, and I want you to go to the house of everyone to whom you have said something bad about me, and place a feather on their doorstep. Once you've gone around town and put a feather on the doorstep of everyone to whom you gossiped, then come back and see me. Though puzzled by this strange request, he went and did what he had been told. He took the stack of feathers and he went to the home of every person to whom he had spoken a negative word, and he placed a feather on all their doorsteps. Then he went back to the wise old man. Am I now forgiven? He asked, just one more thing, the wise man said. Now go back and gather up all the feathers you put out there. But that's impossible. By now the wind has scattered them all over town. Precisely, he answered. And though you may wish to correct the evil you have done, the words you have spoken are already out there in the community doing their damage and trying to get those words back is like trying to recover feathers in the wind. And so James continues in verse nine. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse men we have been, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. See, the Bible says that whatever is in your well comes out in the water. Whatever is in the tree comes out in the fruit. That whatever you put in your heart eventually comes out of your mouth or online. And you know those moments when we speak words that we regret? You say something that you didn't mean to and all of a sudden you say, oops, I don't know where that word of anger came from or that, that insult. I, I don't know where that sarcasm came from. I don't, I don't know where, I, I, that's not like me. Why did I say that? Proverbs explains why that sometimes happens. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. In other words, what you put in eventually comes out. Whatever garbage comes into your heart, eventually it flows out. I remember when I was in university, 
a group of guys and I uh, rented, this was back when you had to like rent movies on VHS tape. And we rented like 10 movies, like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies and stuff, and you know, rated our action films and, and raunchy comedies. And after that weekend, I was out uh, driving in my car and somebody pulled out and cut me off. And all of a sudden, a word came out of my mouth that I would not normally say. And I, and I thought, oh, where did that come from? I don't say words like that. And I realized I had been watching those movies and I had been, been putting that stuff into my subconscious, into my heart. And then all of a sudden, when something happened, those words started to slip out. And so James says that we have to be careful what we put in. Proverbs reminds us that we need to guard our hearts because what you put in shapes how you think and how you feel and how you speak. And then how you speak determines in great part the trajectory of your life. So so what are you consuming on Netflix? What are you consuming on YouTube? What are you looking at on social media? What are you, who are you spending time with and allowing yourself to be influenced by? Because what goes in determines what comes out. And what comes out in the words we speak or right, right online greatly impacts the trajectory of our lives. And so how do we win in a toxic world? You want to make things better in your workplace? You want to make things better in your marriage or in your family? You want to make things better with your parents or with your kids? Harness the power of words. Speak blessing. Speak words of beauty and the glory of God. Speak words that build up rather than tear down. And you will begin to see the power of God start to change things in your life. Will you stand with me? And so, Heavenly Father, we just invite you, Lord, to reveal to us anything that we have said. Maybe it's something that we said recently that was not honoring to you, that was, were words of cursing rather than blessing. Maybe words of, of pessimism and words that reflected the values of the world rather than the truth of your word. Maybe there's someone who we have hurt with our words, who we need to go to and apologize to And so, Lord, right now, as you bring those things to our mind, we confess. We confess. Lord, give us wisdom. 
to wisely use the power of the tongue. Lord, shape us and mold us to speak words of faith. And, and, and right now, I, I, I want to ask everybody in the room to do something that I honestly have never done before. But I wonder if this is something that might be honoring to God. Is I, I want us to pray a blessing over our mouths, knowing how powerful they are. The power of the tongue. And so just as we would often do when we pray a blessing over someone where maybe we would put our, our hand on their shoulder, our hand on their back, a hand on their head, I wonder right now if you might take your hand and place it on your mouth and pray a blessing wherever you are right now with us online, if you would just pray this blessing over your mouth. And would you say it with me? S speak it with me. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord, use our words for your glory. This week, may we speak blessing and love and encouragement to the people around us. And even when we have to speak hard words, when we have to speak truthful words, when we have to speak confrontational words, help us to speak those difficult words with beauty and kindness and grace. Lord, bless our lips to declare your truth, to be powerful instruments for your glory in this world. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And could everybody shout out an amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about Moncton Wesleyan, we invite you to visit our website at mw.church. We are here to help you with any questions you might have. See you next time.